Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, but most importantly, bought and paid for bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically. It's the same thing Jesus did. I am thrilled to have Dr. Mary Wilder. Born in L.A., Dr. Mary later moved to Portland, Oregon, where she completed college and medical school as one of only two women enrolled in her class for OHSU. She joined World Venture as a medical missionary, where she served as a missionary doctor for women and children, primarily in Pakistan. Upon returning to Portland to care for her aging parents, Dr. Mary joined the staff of Western Seminary. For the next 35 years, she had a tremendous impact in the lives of many seminary graduates while teaching intercultural studies and church history. Dr. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you. My privilege to be here. Well, I was going to say, based on that bio, you have lived a very full life. But I think based on that bio, you've lived a very full three or four lives. <laughs> well, I've had at least two lifetime Careers. professions. A physician in Pakistan, professor in Portland. It's, <laughs> it's been great. But I need to correct that bio. He said that I graduated from OHSU. No, uh -huh. no, no, no. That was the University of Oregon Medical School. Ah, back then it had a different uh, name. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. And it was only later they took all my tuition money and made it into OHSU. <laughs> yeah, and it says there that I taught church history. No, 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 no. Church history is where the theologians get together and argue about stuff, you know? Right. I taught the history of mission, ah. which is from the upper room in Acts 1 and 2 to today. The people that carried the gospel message around the world, as Jesus said, you're yeah. going to go around the world. It's amazing what God did with the likes of people he had to work with. <laughs> Amen. Uh -huh. Well, that was one of the fascinating things about your story, the idea that there was a time when there was such bias and prejudice against women at uh, Oregon Medical School. I've already forgotten the real name. <laughs> the University of Oregon Medical School. The University of Oregon Medical School. Uh -huh. What a fascinating time to be alive when the whole culture was just, you know, so prejudiced and biased against women. Tell me about that. Well, it wasn't, it's hard really, to relate to. It wasn't really biased. It was just, uh, you know, women don't have the intellectual capacity. They don't have the physical strength. Oh, my goodness. They don't have the emotional strength. Oh and at God. least 12 times a year, they have to take a week off. <laughs> and then they get married and raise children and don't practice medicine. Oh and so goodness. why would you fill the system with those kind of people? Wow. So, uh, yes, that was their reasoning. But I will say, in honor of the school, that they did permit me to finish and graduate. So I am an MD from the University of Oregon. Oh, that's cool. So there. <laughs> <laughs> All you out there. <laughs> 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 
Well, one of the fascinating things about your story is even though the University of Oregon had, you know, made it difficult, if not impossible, for women to get through and have a medical degree and graduate as an MD doctor. I found it fascinating that when you went on the mission field to Pakistan, that's exactly the person that they were looking for. Uh-huh. Tell our audience uh-huh. that story and why that is so important. Well, I was going to be a missionary. That was my childhood ambition mm. until in school junior hire, so I realized you don't just sit under a tree and missionary. <laughs> you have to do something. And so the missionaries I knew, the women were teachers or nurses. Mm. I did not want to be a teacher. No, no. <laughs> I was going to be a nurse. Okay. And I was going to Africa where all real missionaries go. <laughs> Africa. So that was my position. But then in high school, my high school advisor said, no, you must be a doctor. Well, she was a very cultured lady who knew a great deal about life. And uh, I thought, isn't that strange? Because women are nurses, men are doctors. Mm. But she was very insistent, no, you, you must be a doctor. So I thought, well, they need doctors in Africa. Okay. So I applied to the mission to go to Africa, but they said, we really need you in Pakistan, where we're building a hospital mm. for women. And women in Pakistan, under the folk system of religion they have there, yeah. the women cannot be seen by men they're not related to. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't study all about Africa. Mm. And Pakistan and India and that part just never called to me. Mm. But here, they really mm. So I... I applied for a visa to Pakistan, finally, just for my own, (laughs) (laughs) knowing full well, because I had studied all about Africa, Mm. and Pakistan and India and that part of the world, it just never called to me, Mm. but here, they really needed someone. Mm. So I applied for a visa to Pakistan, finally, just for my own leading cause, just to uh, get the lord off your back uh, well, <laughs> the mission off of <laughs> and uh, for nine months i heard nothing hmm. nine months you know a long time you can change jobs or move yeah. or have a baby or i mean you know. <laughs> finally i got a four-star gold-plated <laughs> visa to pakistan wow. which they don't give to missionaries like that hmm. They only give it to rich business people. A four-year multiple entry visa. Wow. Which was unheard of. Wow. But for four years, I could come and go, and the government wow. didn't care. So I realized when I got that visa that, yes, that's where the Lord wanted me. Amen. So I went, and I haven't been to Africa yet. Uh, still time. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but... 78 boxes of my books went to Africa <laughs> to, uh, to Dr. Don Smith at Daystar oh, University cool. in Kenya. Cool. So my library's there. Well, some of my library. <laughs> I, I still have books at home. But then I, I will confess right here in public that I'm an unrepentant bookaholic. <laughs> and books are my one major expenditure (laughs) but uh, many of my books went to africa Mm. so 
That's all of me that's been to Africa. <laughs> well, when you were in the hospital in Pakistan and ministering to these probably mostly women and children yeah. as a woman doctor, were you able to share your faith or was oh, that a no-no? Because oh, yes. Yes, we shared. Yeah. And there were two wonderful Bible women. Hmm from the province to the north from the Punjab, but these two ladies were cousins, and they had come down to our little hospital as a mission oh, wow. for them. And they would go around and pray with all the patients and tell Bible stories and visit them in their homes. And wow. I'll tell you, when we all get to heaven, we're going to have the Shikarpur Christian Hospital reunion. <laughs> and there will be Pakistani ladies there that I had no idea that they had come to faith. Mm. But amen. they will be the fruit of dear Lishman Mukhtar oh, amen. and their ministry. Amen. And cool. the women could not tell you out in public that they were now Christian. Mm. Wow. Because it would be intolerable. Mm. But they could believe in private. Mm. Like one uh, lady told me one day, she was the wife of a prominent person in that town. Mm. And she uh, looked around to make sure no one was listening. And she said, uh, you know, uh, I'm a believer. Really? She wow. said, when they pray five times a day, I don't say those Arabic prayers. I just tell Jesus what's in my heart. <laughs> and she said, when wow. they read the Holy Book, I read the Bible. Wow. My daughter was ill, and I held her up. She was an infant. I held mm. her up, and I said, now, Jesus, when you were here, you healed people. Mm. And you're here now, so please make my daughter well. And he did, he did. Oh, so wow. I, I'm Praise a believer. God. Praise God. How many more? I have no idea. Mm. That'll be fun. If you want to come and see the reunion. I'll uh, be there. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a wonderful testimony of, of God working in a way that maybe you hadn't quite planned out, but God had been preparing you your whole life to, to be and in that situation. one thing. The hospital gained a reputation in the area. Hmm. It's the place where the Christians pray and God gives life. Really? Now, wow. isn't that a reputation to Wow. To thank God for? Wow. Yeah. Praise God. So the lady would come in, and we'd be rushing around to get ready to do an emergency delivery or C-section or something, and, and she'd say, well, aren't you going to pray? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did. We prayed wow. over everybody. Oh, and dear Lishman Mukhtar went around and prayed. And on rounds we prayed. We were always praying, and God was healing. There were so many people that, medically speaking, there was no hope. Mm. But we would do the usual treatment, and they would live. Mm. And I think it was God preserving his reputation. Mm. Amen. Amen. So wow, that's fascinating. It was, it was a fascinating practice. So then you came back to God's country here in Oregon. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I did. And that was God leading, too. Mm. I was home just for a month's vacation in 1976, this was. Okay. And I heard one sermon from our pastor at Montevilla Baptist Church in Portland. Mm. 
And he was preaching on the Ten Commandments, a, a series, mm. of how these are God's statements for how society works best mm. and how he wants his people to live. And this son, he was preaching on honor your parents. Well, I wow. did. My parents were wonderful, mm. wonderful Christian people. My daddy was a pastor, oh, and my mother God. was supreme. Mm. And I did honor them. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, with that guy over there, he certainly ought to be listening. And I certainly hope she... <laughs> <laughs> I was looking around uh, the congregation. You are praying that they were listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, then Pastor Allen read... That passage in Mark where Jesus is having a quiet little talk with the Pharisees. And he says, if a man has that by which his parents would have profited and you let him give it to the temple, his parents suffer loss. You're breaking the commandment mm. to honor your parents. And that just hit me like a two before. Wow. If I looked at my parents and said, no, you can't have me. I'm in Pakistan. <laughs> The other uh, four kids, uh, for one reason or another, it would not be suitable mm, for them. But yeah. I could take myself and bring me back and take care of them when they needed. Mm. I went and talked to Pastor Allen. I said, now look, this is what I got out of your sermon. And he said, well, yes, he, he agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so that wow. was 76. Wow. Well, I went back and... <clears throat> It wasn't until 83 that I was home on a, another brief furlough. Hmm. And my dad died, and my mother was too frail to live alone. Hmm. And that was the time. Hmm. So I stayed home. But I went back to Pakistan then uh, four different years to help briefly, and some of the other kids would take care of Mama. Hmm. And... It's interesting, in 76, when I made that decision, I was the only doctor in the hospital. And if mm. I had stayed home then, we'd have had to close off our whole outreach to yeah. the women. That's where we saw the women. Yeah. But in 83, 84, when I didn't go back, mm. you know how many lady doctors were at the hospital? No idea. Four. Really? I would have been a superfluous fifth. <laughs> and it was just like wow. the Lord was saying, don't worry about a thing. I got this, wow. you know. <laughs> wow. wow. So I uh, stayed home. And then it was, hmm. I was practicing part-time with one of my old classmates. And uh, it was nothing like our work in Pakistan. Sure. Then he was going to get a partner and... They asked me to teach at Western Seminary. Hmm. And I said, teach? I'm a doctor. <laughs> I went into medicine to avoid teaching. I mean... <laughs> I remember that from the beginning. You could be yeah. a teacher or a nurse. Yeah. And you said, not a teacher. <laughs> yes, yes. That's right. But uh, Dr. Don Smith, who lined me up, hmm. he said, no, I want people in the Division hmm. of Intercultural Studies who actually do mission and don't just read about it. And I said, well, I haven't read about it. I'd do it. <laughs> and so I began teaching. Wow. And my first course was the history of mission. Mm, and that was just a marvelous, marvelous experience. 
And I went on to teach anthropology and how to learn a language and world religions and all kinds of things. But that was 35 years then. Wow. So I'm a physician in Pakistan. I'm a prof in Portland. Did you practice medicine at all after you came back? Yes, part-time briefly with my classmate. After that, I got so busy at Western... Didn't have time. And I practiced a bit, you know, people would come in and ask me, my doctor said blah, 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 and <laughs> can you explain that to me? <laughs> and uh, they'd come in to get their blood pressure checked, and you know, I was ready. <laughs> I, I had a little clinic on this. Yeah, so. But no amputations or anything uh, like no, that? No, no. Uh, <laughs> no more surgery. Uh, you were saying that during your time at Western, you were able to kind of speak to people not just out of book knowledge as hey i've been on the mission field what was probably the biggest truth that you wanted people to understand well when i first came to western i sat in the classes that dr smith taught just to see what line are we preaching here (laughs) (laughs) and he had a lot of the newer research on what is actually involved in learning another culture, in living in another culture, in understanding how to present the good news of Jesus in another culture. A lot of stuff that I had experienced in Pakistan, like the whole concept of the uh, first year Initially, at a, a tourist phase, okay, you know everything is new and different. Oh my, they do that this way, and, and then you start a downhill climb because, uh, oh, I was cheated in well, the culture yeah, in okay. that yeah. new culture yeah, yeah, where you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You begin to see the flaws, and they do it I that see. way. No, no, and you go down below your normal. You go to a bottom where you either leave. Some missionaries commit suicide. It's just hopeless. These people, and I'll never learn this language, and these wretched, evil people. If you know about that, you can kind of live with that. But then you start a slow climb out. Mm. And usually the whole process takes a year. But you come out of it, and you adjust to this Mm. new culture. And you make the adjustments that are needed, and you have friends now. It becomes all right. Hmm. Well, I had experienced that in uh, Pakistan my first year. I was learning the language, though I was in a different part. I was north of where the hospital is. Okay. And uh, <coughs> I thought I'd never learned. They say, Vorotiha, um, or Vorotiha. Sounds the same, doesn't it? Yep. It's not. <laughs> Vorotiha is, this is bread. Okay. Vorotiha, she cries a lot. Oh, my god. So goodness. you may think you're asking for bread when you're making a comment on her emotional health, <laughs> you know. There are uh, four different ways to make the sound of D oh and two goodness. ways to make the sound of R. And it all has different meaning. Slowly, slowly it comes to you. I had reached the bottom point, and dear Dorothy Wilder, who was a cousin whom I didn't know until I went to Pakistan, Hmm. I was staying with them, and one day she said, how is it? I said, oh, everything is fine. 
No, no, she said, really, how <laughs> are you? I said, I'm fine. And she said, would you like to talk about it? <laughs> so we took our cup of tea and went up and sat on the flat roof. And, <laughs> and I was able to tell her how desperate hmm. I felt. And she was able to tell me that it's all right. You'll live through it and hmm. you'll come out. Pointed to a potted plant yeah. on the roof there. And she said, it's kind of like that. You've been transplanted into a new pot. And she says, you got to put down your roots in this pot. And mm. and you'll make it. Mm. And I did make it. I don't think I'd have made it through that first year without Dorothy. How long were you? Did you end up being in Pakistan the whole time? I was just shy of twenty years. Wow! And you were able to share some of that with the kids at seminary in yeah. Western. Yes. Yeah, so when I went to teach and I sat in Don Smith's class. And he documented this. I said, well, yes. All I had experienced did prepare me for what I was doing now. Hmm. It's wonderful how when the Lord calls you and you're going on the path and it's hard and difficult, but he leads you along. And maybe later on you see the reason, the things he used to teach you along the way. Amen. Amen. What I even just gathered from our conversation, Dr. Mary, two pivotal times in your life, you completely surrendered to God. One was going to Pakistan instead of Africa, Uh and two was to take serious that calling of honoring your parents. Uh I think those are the kind of life-changing, monumental decisions that people don't think about and and aren't honored the way they should be Mm. honored where they say those were life-defining moments. Absolutely. And you were like, God, anything that you have, I submit to your will completely. Uh Uh-huh. Did you have any Christians that kind of came alongside you during those pivotal decisions in your life that were able to kind of encourage you and breathe wind into your sails? At medical school, the dear, dear Professor Leonard Ritzman, I was flunked out of school in my junior year by this professor who shall remain anonymous. <laughs> he said he would be consigned to the place of eternal torment if I graduated. I wasn't his exact words, but you understand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but a special committee had just been formed to study the attrition of medical students. They would like to think their admitting process in the two days you spent interviewing and everything, you know. Yeah that that was good enough that if they accepted you, they'd carry you through. They had just formed this special committee. Okay. So I was one of their first (coughs) specimens. This committee made me repeat that semester, but sent me over to Len Ritzman. Oh, wow. And he and Dottie, his wife, who was also a physician, Mm. the two of them sponsored the Christian Medical Dental Association student group. Mm. There were, I don't know, 10 of us. We would be over to their house for Bible studies or dinners. They were dear friends. Mm. So I was sent over to vets to repeat that semester, and Len Ritzman called me in, and he said, now, I understand he doesn't like you, but you just relax and do the good work that I know you can do, and you'll be all right over here. Mm. And I was, and I passed. Amen. And then... 
That was dear Jim Allen, our pastor. Mm. And the mission understood. Mm. And my folks said, well, they accepted that, but they said, you know, we don't need you now. And, and that's true, they didn't. Sure. But they gathered around. And then uh, my cultural adaptation to Pakistan, I was Dorothy Wilder. Mm. So there were people that God provided along provided. the way. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Mary, it has been a pleasure to get to know you and to you know, chat with you for a few minutes here at the show. And uh, thank you so much for living the life that has been so committed to the Lord and for giving that inspiration for those of us who are still trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. So. <laughs> well, it was my privilege. All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Now, how about you? What moments in your life have been marked by huge decisions? Did you submit to God and trust his plan? Do you still struggle to understand all of God's purposes sometimes? Well, the Ambassadors Forum is here to help. Please visit theambassadorsforum.com to check out some of our helpful resources on a biblical worldview. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.